Okay, we're in Daniel chapter 10. And we have had multiple um, breaks, it seems like, going, you know, last year and all the COVID-19 and this year me, me being out and Bob filling in. And then whatever happened last week, we didn't have church. Oh, it was an ice storm or a snowstorm. Or, and, and so and it's kind of getting back into where we were. We, we left off in chapter, chapter 10, verse 12. Um, Don, Charlie, there's goodies back there if you need something. I don't, I don't mind. Just bring me. Oh, well. Number one or number two? One. Number one, okay. You're not old enough yet, or they just wouldn't give you one? Okay. Okay. I regress. Daniel 10 is, is really the prelude introduction for the last vision in, in the book of Daniel, which is, is um, recorded in chapters 11 and 12. Um, but, but, but chapter 10 also gives us just the, well, it gives us the setting for when that, um, when that vision occurred. So let's just read verse 12 through uh, actually 11, 1. And, and then go back and, and kind of remember what happened in the first 11 verses and, and see what we can glean from, from this, this second half of chapter 10. So verse 12, Then he said to me, this is the, the angel or the glory man who is speaking to Daniel. Then he said to me, Fear not, Daniel, for from... For from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before your God, your words have been heard. And I have come because of your words. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. But Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. For I was left there with the kings of Persia and came to make you understand what is to happen to your people in the latter days. For the vision is for days yet to come. When he had spoken to me according to these words, I turned my face to the ground and was mute. And behold, one in the likeness of the children of man touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth and spoke. I said to him who stood before me, O oh my Lord, by reason of the vision, pains have come upon me and I retain no strength. How can my Lord's servant talk with my Lord? For now no strength remains in me, and no breath is left in me. Again, one having the appearance of a man touched me and strengthened me, and he said, O man greatly loved, fear not. Peace be with you. Be strong and of good courage. And, he, and as he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. Then he said, Do you know why I have come to you? But now I will return to fight against the prince of Persia, and when I go out, behold, the prince of Greece will come. But I will tell you what is inscribed in the book of truth. 
There is none who contends by my side except these. Okay. There is none who contends by my side against these except Michael, your prince. And as for me, in the first year of King Darius, the Mede, I stood up to confirm and strengthen him. Some of the outlines of, of, of Bibles will include that first verse in chapter 11 with chapter 10, that, that they, they feel like that's where it belongs and how it ended up at a chapter break. It, nobody, well, there's people who know, but I don't really know. I'd, I had heard years ago uh, that a professor in, in, in a uh, seminary or a college, and I can't remember his name or where it was, way, way back, had broken down the chapters. Because, you know, when the, when the Bible was written, when each book was written, there were no chapters, there were no verses. And, and this professor had broken them down by chapters according to his lectures. So if, if he would lecture on, a, you know, this chapter 10 was his lecture. I don't follow his lecture pattern um, obviously, because sometimes we would have, you know, way more chapters, but that's really neither here nor there. Okay, verse 10, that, th this, this glory man, this angel is speaking to, to Daniel again. He, he, he tells him to fear not, which seems like angels, that's two, probably their two most used words is fear not. Daniel had been... Um, said in the, in the third year of Cyrus, the king of Persia, he had been by the, the, the river, Tig, Tigr, the Tigris River, after he had been praying. Didn't say praying, but he was praying. That Daniel had been mourning and, 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 and sort of a semi-fast, and he hadn't anointed himself for three weeks, for 21 days. He's standing there, apparently with some other, uh, other Israelites, maybe even some Babylonians or Persians. He's there with, with some friends. And as he lifted up his eyes, he sees, it, it said, a man. Looked like a man, but that's about, his, that's about when the man description ends. It says one that was, he was clothed in linen. He had this, this belt of gold on. His body was like barrel. His appearance was like lightning his eyes like flaming torches, his legs and arms like burnished bronze. The sound of his voice was like a multitude. And then he spoke to Daniel. And what did Daniel do when this man spoke to him? Just right on his face. He just fainted. I mean, if you hear somebody with that kind of voice, it, it would probably, we would have the same reaction, I think, if you go and you see this guy. And Beryl, I, I, I read a little bit more on it that they get, we get, um, it's sort of green, it's a mineral, but they say that they get um, rubies, not rubies, what's the green one? Emeralds out of it. And, and so it's, it's, a, it's a, you know, kind of a precious stone. And, and Daniel uses this description to, um, to describe what he saw. And then this, this angel touches Daniel and strengthens him he, he, he gets him up on his hands and knees, and then he lifts him. He finally gets him all the way up. And then in verse, verse 12, he begins telling him, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humble yourself before 
your God, your words have been heard, and I have come because of your words. That's probably the first application that we can make or the first thing we can glean from, from this conversation that the angel has with Daniel that God hears our prayers immediately. But how long did it take for the angel to come and tell Daniel that? Three weeks. Sometimes our prayers are not answered immediately. You know, I guess part, part two of that is sometimes our prayers are not answered exactly like we want them to be answered, but that God, you know, there's a, a, an assurance that we can find that God hears our, our prayers immediately. He says he's, he came to, because of the words. But then in verse 13, we find out a little bit of why this his prayers weren't heard. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. But Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was left there with the kings of Persia. It started with the prince, and now it's the kings, a, a plural group that's, that's there uh, obstructing this, this angel, this messenger from coming to Daniel. He said, when he had, in verse 15, when he had spoken these words, I turned my face toward the ground and was mute. I don't know if he passed out. I tend more to think it means that he bowed, that he was, that he was in, a, in, a, in a, a, a reverent position. He's like, who is this guy? He looks like a man, but he's obviously not a, not a man. And he's been battling this prince of Persia for three weeks. And then Michael came to help him. And Daniel just sort of, sort of, I don't know that he's worshiping this being, but he's, he's paying him homage in some, some form that he's, he's just uh, reverent toward this, this, this messenger. Who is the prince of Persia? Is it a literal prince that is, that is fighting this, this messenger? This messenger really does not, he looks like a man, maybe from a distance, maybe um, he's at the river. It's like, that guy looks like a man, but wait a minute. His eyes are flaming torches. His, his body is like barrel. His arms and legs are, are bronze. This is not a real man. I mean, this is a messenger from God. Now, it can be an angel. It could be a, a, a pre-incarnate Christ. That If you read 10 scholars, you're going to get about 12 opinions. Nobody totally agrees. Is it a, just an angel? Is it Gabriel? And then Michael comes to help him. We, we don't. We don't fully know, but it, all we know is it's an angel. It's an angel. Yeah, and he appears just to, to Daniel, but the other guys that are with him, they sort of sensed it, that they sensed something is going on, and, you know, it, it's no great feat to outrun an 80-something-year-old Daniel, but they did it anyhow. They, they, they left him there. 
You know, are they his same age? Or, you know, it's like, well, you know, you can't outrun that bear. And the guy says, I'm not trying to outrun that bear. I'm just trying to outrun you, you know, when the bear's chasing two guys. Anyhow, so, so Daniel has this meeting, this encounter with a, a messenger sent from God to give him understanding of all these things. What is, this is the last vision he's going to have. Remember the, the vision in, in chapter 9? Is Daniel still pondering that? Like, what do all these things mean? The 70 weeks? He, he's, he's had, you know, uh, visions in chapter 7, 8, 9, and now he's, his, his mind is full. It's like, we're going back to Israel, but, and the city's going to be rebuilt, but in a troubled time. You know, is he mourning for all that because he's actually seen or heard of the reports of the opposition that those that those those Israelites who went back to Jerusalem have faced? Probably all of the above. And and God sends a messenger once again to to tell Daniel to give him uh, understanding. To, to give him a better picture of the things to come? Is it good news or bad news? That, okay, I'm going to send you back, but there's going to be opposition. But what is the very end result of, of all of that plan of, of God sending Israel back, of God announcing all of this? It's, it's the rock not cut by human hands that comes and crushes all of these kingdoms so that the ultimate is that God is sending a Messiah for, for all people. I mean, we're living on the other side of the empty tomb than what Daniel lived on, and he's, he's trying to get his brain around all of that, and he's, he's, he's humbled himself before God. He's mourning because of all of the, the conditions, and, and God hears his prayer and sends a messenger to give him this, this answer, this, this, uh, this, this reassurance, but that messenger is met by opposition. Understand what? Well, it's, it's, it's a demonic, it's, it's angelic hostility. No, I'm, I'm, I mean, that's a good segue because that's exactly where I want to move. But what are, what is the, the general, um, topic of this or, or ideas that there is, are spiritual battles going on that we're not aware of. What is, what is the, I don't know, I don't, I don't, okay, I'm going to say it's the best, but how do you, how do you pick the best? But what does Paul write in, in, in Ephesians chapter 6, that, that we, we think of the armor of Christ. And in, in, in Ephesians 6.10, he, 
He says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to, to stand against the schemes of the devil. So Paul is, is telling him, put this armor on, and it's not a, a literal armor. It's, it's, it's going to be, he's going to list this more of a, a metaphorical armor, a spiritual armor that we're to put on because of the schemes of the devil. That the devil is scheming to keep people from worshiping the one true God, from keep, to keep people from believing in, 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 in Jesus Christ as the Messiah. And then in verse 12, he says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Okay, if you're wrestling, but it's not with flesh and blood, then who is it? But against the rulers, the authorities, the cosmic powers over this present age, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Sometimes, I mean, there are different kinds of words, nouns, to describe angels. It, it would be, you, you want to boil it down to the, to the simplest, to two? There's angels and there's demons. But, but there's, there's, there's this hierarchy of, of good angels and evil angels that it would seem. And, and, and Michael is the prince of, of Israel, Daniel's prince. But here, Paul's saying there's rulers, authorities, cosmic powers. There's this, this unseen spiritual war in which there is, is conflict between those angels that were loyal to God and those who followed Lucifer, who followed Satan in rebellion against God. And we... I don't know how much attention we should put, to, put on that. But I know that we shouldn't totally ignore it. You know, Paul's saying, be strong. Put on this armor because we're fighting against the forces of evil. And then he says, take up the, the whole armor of God that you might be able to withstand in the evil day. And then he goes through and, and, and he lists... The, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes for your feet, for readiness of, of, of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, uh, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit. But then in verse 18, I don't, for some reason it jumped out at me. I was like, have I just ignored this? Or do we stop there? But in, but in Ephesians 6.18, he says, praying at all times in the Spirit. You know, that we have this armor of God, but, but what is, is our action, our active mode to be? He's, Paul says, pray at all times. Daniel did this centuries before Paul wrote it. You know, that, that Daniel had been mourning and, and, and fasting and praying for three weeks. One, one commentary I, I read said, what would have happened if he had stopped at 20 days with the angel? I think the angel would have still shown up because God didn't send the angel purely based on Daniel's goodness, even though he was a, a very good person who, who loved the Lord, but that God sent him 
would have sent the angel anyhow, but that Daniel continued to pray. And that's what Paul tells the Ephesians and us, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to the end, keep alert with perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me that the words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So there is this. Yes. What does pray in the spirit mean? In, in accordance with what the Holy Spirit is, is telling one. We'll give you utterance. Yeah. Okay. What does pray in the Spirit mean? <laughs> okay, but you have to be you have to be in the right spirit or right mindset to pray. And that in, in the ESV translation, the translators have capitalized spirit, meaning that they, they feel like Paul is talking about the Holy Spirit as opposed to a little s that would just be like in my spirit. So it's, it's, it's kind of like what does it mean to pray in Jesus' name? Is it just a magical word that we put at the end of a, of a prayer or is it to, to pray according to God's will as Jesus would have, did follow it. So pray, praying. If you pray without the Spirit, it's just words. In other words, be sincere. Be sincere is, would, would there be, what's the opposite of praying in the Spirit? Babbling. Would the opposite then be praying in the flesh? Um, That's a very good point. You know, just read those, you know, the fruit of the Spirit, all of these things that, you know, if we pray that way. Well, I hadn't considered that, but I mean, is that, 
are, are our prayers directed by the Holy Spirit? Do we pray in the Spirit or do we just pray for what we, what we feel or, or want? Um, and he says, and, and included in that, he's saying, and, and make supplication. So, you know, that's prayers for, for others. So Daniel encounters this angel who has come to, to bring him understanding because Daniel had reached out to, to, to God, had turned to God. And we, we can think of the different supernatural beings that are, you know, how are angels described? There's, there's angels, there's archangels, but they're also called princes, uh, mighty ones, the host of heaven, cherubim, seraphim, just all of these. And, and that, so there's this hierarchy, um, guardian angels, uh, ministering spirits that the writer of Hebrews uh, calls them. And that it seems that, that God has established or, or set up a divine council by which he rules. That he uses these, these ministering spirits, these angels. Does God need a divine council? No. He doesn't need a senate. He doesn't need a house of representatives. He doesn't need any of these things. But that he has, has set up a divine counsel to rule. Remember in, in earlier in Daniel when he, he's looking and they set up all these thrones. I think it's for his, his divine counsel that's sitting there. Psalm 82 says, God has taken his place in the divine counsel. In the midst of the gods, he holds judgment. And then in verse 6, he said, I said, you are God's son of the most high, all of you. Nevertheless, like men, you shall die and fall and fall like any prince. Sometimes, if it's God's little g, it's generally the Hebrew word is Elohim. And sometimes it, it's it's... If it's not capitalized, it means the translators think, okay, he's talking about false gods or even angels. That, that it's, it's, it is one definition of, of the word Elohim. And God has, has set up this divine council through which he, 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 he rules. He doesn't need to, but, but he did. And then we have fallen angels, demons, those who, who follow Satan or, or the devil, one of the, the, the big passages on that is, is Ezekiel um, 28. And let me, let me just read this because this is like, the whole thing can be you're reading it and it's like, what? The, ain't, the prince of Persia, the kings of Persia, Michael, all of this, it's just like, I don't understand, but, but, but Ezekiel, a, a contemporary of Daniel, in chapter 28, he says, The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, say to the prince of Tyre, Thus says the Lord God, 
because your heart is proud and you have said, I am a God, I sit in the seats of the gods in the heart of the seas, yet you are but a man and no God, though you make your heart like the heart of a God. You are indeed wiser than Daniel. No secret is hidden from you. By your wisdom and understanding, you have made wealth for yourself and have gathered silver, gold and silver in your treasuries. It's like, okay, well, he might be talking about a, a real prince, a, a, a worldly prince. But if you move down to verse 11, he says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, raise a lamentation over the king of Tyre and say to him, Thus says the Lord, You are the signet of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. Sardis, topaz, diamond, beryl, onyx, jasper, sapphire, emerald, car carbona, carb carbuncle, and crafted in gold were your settings and your, and, your, and your engravings. On that day that you were created, you were prepared. You were anointed. You were an anointed garden cherub. I placed you, you were on the holy mountain of God in the midst of the stones of fire you walked. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created until unrighteousness was found in you. And it's like, he's not talking about a real prince of, of Tyre, that, it's, that it, he's talking about a fallen angel of Satan, that he was, you were in the garden of Eden? What? And, but then unrighteousness was found. And so we have these angels that have fallen that were created not in God's image as man but created higher than the angels I mean higher than than humans you know that that Hebrew says of 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 Jesus that he was he was you know created lower than the angels that men are created lower than the angels though we're in the image of God but angels aren't and so we have these these angels that rebelled against God and, and they fight this spiritual battle that's, that's going on in this unseen spiritual world. Does it help us to consider that or hurt us or, you know, should, am I indifferent to that? Do I consider that? Does that answer any questions about anything? It's like, do we need to be worried about It's not about the conflict between Washington and Moscow. It's, it's about the, the spiritual conflict from those fallen angels and, and, and God and fallen mankind and, and, and our spiritual battle against, against God that he, that he resolved or, you know, it's kind of like it's already not yet that Christ has conquered sin and death and when he returns, then the, the ultimate fulfillment of, of those promises will, will occur and, and he will, every knee shall bow and, and every tongue confess that God disinherited the nations at Babel 
when, when they, what, what did they say at Babel in the same area that Daniel's in? That let's build a tower and let's, and let's, so we will be like the gods. And God scattered the, the nations. But in the very next chapter, what happened? Genesis 12. God called one man from that area, Abram, and said, through you, there will be a, you will be a light to, to all nations, a light to the Gentiles that, that through Israel, all nations could turn and, 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 and learn or, or be uh, that, that fellowship restored with, with God. Paul talks about that in, in 1 Corinthians if I wrote it down right. Chapter 2. Okay, so yet among the mature we do not impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age. Kind of gives you a different idea of what rulers he might be talking about who are doomed to pass away, but we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of, of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who loved him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. So that, that Paul's saying that, that God planned this, that, it's, that it's, 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 it's kind of a mystery. If they had understood that was God's plan, they wouldn't have killed the one he sent, the, the anointed one. That God hid the plan in plain sight. And, and the rulers were there, it'd be talking about the Jewish leaders, the, the Roman leaders or the, the demonic rulers of the, the age that, that wanted to thwart the plan of God. He's like, that was exactly what, what God had planned. So that, that even though we fight this spiritual battle, that, that, that God is the, the ultimate victor in, in all of those things. It's kind of a, a, a what? What is this? You know, what, what is he talking about? I, I, I need to know. But there's, there's encouragement in all of those things going on. What is the encouragement that, that Daniel chapter 10 gives us? To be like Daniel <laughs> and just be ready to just fall on our face at any, any given moment. <clears throat> well, I think there's, there's encouragement that God hears our prayers. But did Daniel overcome this, uh, you know, his, his frightenedness or his um, just losing, you know, all of his muscle coordination and, and falling down? Did, did Daniel overcome that? Or was it God who strengthened Daniel via the, the messenger? That, and, and so that, okay, yeah, we, we 
are sometimes faced with this spiritual warfare that's going on, that maybe we don't know why our prayers aren't being answered, that, that it's these spiritual forces attacking people, but that God can strengthen us and, and is the only source of, of our strength, much like he was uh, f- for Daniel, that, that there can be hindrances to our prayer, but we're to pray in the Spirit. You put in parentheses, whatever that means. But pray according, you know, by being led by the Holy Spirit. Pray in, in that, that form and, and fashion. Okay, what, what do you see? What did I totally miss or get totally wrong in, in, in this? That's, well, I don't, I, I, yeah, you probably got to blame it on. I think temptations are from the fallen angels, you don't look at it that way. And from within our, our own being, you know, that it's. tugging at us to do it different, I mean, to do it not right. But that if you're in Jesus Christ, those demons cannot get you or hold power over you. But we can be what out of out of step, or or we can be affected depending on just you know have I the Baptist word is backslidden, and it doesn't mean just. You can go to church every time the doors are open and still be backslidden in, 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 in many ways. But Okay, two weeks ago it said, man, this is really cool. Let's, we'll talk about this spiritual warfare. Now I'm like, okay, I'm going to put a note. Don't move, move through this fast next time because it's like... China's biggest fear is not our military, it's not the government, it's not the colonies. Its biggest fear is the rise of Christianity. That is that's the president's biggest fear. Because he knows it's that's that's a spiritual battle. And I read during the week, Mary Queen of Scots, Bloody Mary feared, she said she feared John Knox and the prayers of righteous people more than she feared any invading army. It's like, well, maybe they're not as dumb as you think, but it's like, you know, so what is our, what is our um, ammunition? What is our, you know, our mechanism for fighting against the forces of evil? It is prayer, you know, that it's like, you know, and they're and living and walking in the spirit, and and allowing those fruits of the spirit to, you know, to uh, foster and grow in our lives. Because we can we can be a freeze, you know, like in a month when all the trees start budding, and then you get that last Easter freeze, and it you know it stifles them. That we can be the same thing for those buds of, of spiritual fruit in our lives. 
haven't been as strong as mm -hmm. we should have been on many debates. The majority has been too silent. I mean, that's a thing, okay, everybody bow your head and close your eyes and raise your hand. I mean, that's, it's like we, every one of us does exactly what, what, what Terry's saying, that, we, you know, have thine own way. We change the TH to a M, you know, have mine own way, Lord, that, you know, that we don't, you know, we battle that. Okay, well, thank you for the birthday cards and foods and, and, and all of that and for being here. We'll start chapter 11 next week. It's pretty long, and I'll have to look back and see. I think it's one of those, though, even though it's long, it's like, okay, we've got to do this whole thing. That it's, it's, it's these, what's going to happen, you know, with Persia and Greece? And the Greece thing, it, it's like, Oh my goodness, this is, I don't know, was Greek history part of Western Civ or was Western Civ just Europe? I mean, Greece is part of Europe, right? I don't know, but it's like, whoa, there are some kings going here and fighting and, and you know, these arranged marriages and all of this, you know, this stuff. So, well, let's pray and then we'll go. Father, we thank you for being in control God, we know that you're the sovereign creator and ruler and sustainer of, of the whole universe. And God, may we truly live our lives, pray and sing to have thine own way, Lord. May we turn from our wicked ways and, and repent and then allow you to have your way and will in, in our lives and everything we do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.